being told. They have to find out for themselves. Me having a five-year-old boy and a two-year-old girl, my son, I can't I explain things to him, but he has to figure things out on his own. He has to, he doesn't always listen to daddy, amen. My opinion of things doesn't really uh, hold up to some things. He has to figure things out for himself. Can I get an amen? That's just life, and that's human nature. That's people. You can tell somebody to do something or that this is going to come into play if you do this, but a lot of times people, human nature, have to figure things out for themselves, I was a young boy living in the world, and I had a mother that preached to me all the time. She told me what was going to happen, and it came to pass, amen. And once I went through what I went through in my life, I realized I should have listened to mama, amen. That experience is going to always be there, amen. I lived for a day with my daddy, the same thing. There was times he said, you do that again, son, I'm going to spank you. Now, I should have listened to my daddy because when that experience came, I knew he was telling the truth, amen. Amen. Experiences, they change us. They, they, they make us who we are. When you look at the United States, there's things that we've gone through here in, in America that changed who we were forever. I had a grandmother that was raised in a time that we called the Great Depression. It was a time in the 30s that lasted about 9 or 10 years. And it, what happened was the economy just fell out. The economy fell apart. What once was valuable was had no value Things that people thought were going to forever uh, be set one way crashed. Businesses crashed. Everything fell apart. And people took certain things for granted at that moment. And from then on, they realized you can't take anything for granted. I had a grandmother, and she had a habit that she acquired because she was raised in the Great Depression. She kept everything. She wasn't a hoarder out of greed, but she knew that if the economy crashed back then, it could do it again. And it changed the way that she thought, the way that she processed forever. I'm talking about experiences. They change us. They make us. They mold us for the good or for the bad. Amen? Think about that. Another thing was Pearl Harbor. We as America, United States, we once thought that we were untouchable. But we realized that Jap the Japanese realized that, that we were not untouchable. Amen? They came in Hawaii and they bombed us and they killed thousands of Americans and, and it shook our world. It shook our foundation because we were America. Nobody would dare touch us. But it shaped us and it made us paranoid. Sadly, later on in 9-11, how many of you remember 9-11? Many of you can remember right where you were when you saw the news, when you heard it on the radio. I was working in a cabinet shop. And everything stopped. People began to just disappear. Where were they going? What was going on? And, and, and in the office area where you never went in, now it was open to anybody. And everybody was around the computer screens, around the TVs, watching. As the horror was, was unfolding that, that we had already had an airplane hit. And here came another one. I was watching it live when the second airplane hit. And it changed who I was. The, the fear struck my body. I thought I was about to be uh, thrown into a war. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if I was going to have to go serve. I didn't know what was going on. And it changed the way America looked at things forever. Think about it. Sadly, it's, it's a lot of it's faded away, but there was a lot of, of fear that came that people began to turn back to God. There was bumper stickers everywhere. You remember those little magnets? They were on every vehicle. It changed the way a lot of people thought about things. It changed the way people reacted and responded to things. 
I'm talking about an experience. God has programmed us as human beings that, that you can give your opinion to somebody. You can tell them how great something is. But be honest with you, it's an experience that changes who we are. It's life experiences that make us the human beings, the people that we are. Amen? So you can argue opinions and you can argue ideas, but you can't deny an experience. So look back into your lives. Think about things that you've gone through as human beings, whether it was a bad phone call, circumstances that took place, things that, that were good or bad that changed who you were. Think about those experiences. And as important as those were to our flesh, there are spiritual experiences that take place in the Scripture and in our life that change us forever. And I'm thankful for those things. The text that I was reading to you about, these were the people that crucified, that spit at Jesus. They cursed at Jesus. They, 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 they yelled at him. They, they, they did all these terrible things at the Messiah. These were those people that I was reading about just a second ago that Peter and the rest of the apostles were talking to. These were those people. These weren't just regular Jews and just regular people, but these were many of these people were there. They were present at that very moment in time. And this was what was being read to them. This was what was being told to them. He was telling them that, that the one that you crucified was the Messiah. He was God manifested in the flesh. This was him. The things that you did, you did it to your Christ, to Jesus Christ. To God Almighty. You talk about an experience. Because what they thought they were doing wasn't really what they were doing. They thought that they were in the right. They thought that he wasn't God. They thought that he was a fake. He wasn't the real deal. Let me throw this in. They didn't crucify him because he said he was the son of God. He would have just been a lunatic. They knew there was one God. They crucified him because he said he was God. That's where the blasphemy came in. And these same people are realizing at this very moment in time, the text that I read, we crucified the Christ. The one that we just killed was the true Messiah. You talk about an experience. You talk about something that's going to change your life forever. Put yourself in their shoes. Think about how you would feel if that was you. If you came to the realization that what you just did was terribly it was horribly wrong. It was awful. And now you're sitting under the judgment of the one that you just crucified. But I love what they did. They said, what do we need to do? They could have blamed it on others like Saul once did. They could have made excuses. But they owed up to their own mistakes. They said, men and brethren, what do we need to do? How can we fix this? What must I do to make this right with God? And I love the outcome. It wasn't an idea. It wasn't an opinion. It wasn't some kind of man-made thing. But it was something that came along with a great experience. Something that when they did it, they were changed forever. And when they came into persecution, they could have thrown away ideas. They could have thrown away man-made ideas and religions. But the experience that they achieved that day stayed with them forever. You look in the work of Word of God and there's... All kinds of different things that people experience living for God. You know, Peter walked on water. Can you imagine walking on water? Can you imagine? First of all, I don't want to be in a ship that's sinking to where my option is walking on water. We want to walk on water, but we don't want to be in a sinking ship. Amen? 
We want to have a, a testimony of being in a line, a den full of lions and making out. But I don't want to be in a situation where I'm looking at a hungry lion face to face. Amen. But you look in the word of God and all the scriptures and different things that you see. And you see all these great experiences that great men of God went through. And they obtained and it held them through and it gave them great faith. The three Hebrew boys, these were men that were given great favor. Great favor. They were very intelligent. They, they knew what they were doing. They knew the God that they served. They had great favor with God. And here they were standing up for their true God. They weren't going to bow down or, or, or praise any other false God or any false king. They knew who their God was, but they were thrown into a fiery furnace. To make a point, it was heated up so many times more great hot, more hotter than they could have ever imagined. So hot that it burned and it destroyed the men that threw them in. But yet nothing happened to them. They didn't even smell like smoke. Their hair wasn't singed. Nothing happened. It opened the eyes of that king that their God was a true God. I'm talking about great experiences. And it was through that great experience that it opened that king's eyes. King Nebuchadnezzar, it opened his eyes to who the God really was he was a hard-headed king it still took more god still had to put him through more it helps to not be hard-headed amen it helps just to learn quicker because when god has a point to give you you're going to learn it one way or the other Canaanite woman was a woman that, that was raised serving multiple gods. She was a paganistic worshiper. She worshipped all kinds of gods. And, and you look at Jesus. Jesus is, is taking his disciples and trying to give them a lesson on how important the heart is. That you can be raised in something, but if your heart is blind, you're never going to see it. Because the Pharisees are trying to, 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 to counsel Jesus on washing his hands. And he's trying to tell them that, well, your heart, it doesn't really matter what's on your hands. It's about the heart. Disciples, they need a lesson on this. So he takes the disciples and, and he just accidentally, there's no accidents with God, amen. He accidentally runs into this woman that's a Canaanite woman. She's, she's a lesser of all the people. She's, she's a nobody and she's got a, a devil-possessed daughter and she needs help. You see, she was serving God, but there was no experience with her gods. Her gods left her down a road that was a, a dead-end road, a hopeless road. And she came to a place where her gods were no good. And she needed to experience something. And she just happened to fall into the right place at the right time with Jesus Christ. And she fell down and she began, she called him Lord, by the way. Capital L. She knew who he was when the Pharisees didn't even know who he was. This woman who was raised worshiping dogs. Look up their culture. They worship the dog. Archaeologists have found thousands of dog tombs where she lived. She worshipped the dogs. They were a god of healing because a dog will lick a wound. It will bring healing to sores. But she said, found something that her gods couldn't do. They couldn't deliver her daughter. But she found Jesus Christ. 
And Jesus Christ gave her something that she experienced that day that nobody, no religion, nothing could ever take away from her. Her little daughter was delivered when her gods couldn't do it. Jesus Christ did it just like that. Why? Because we serve a God that is here to give us experiences, things to hold on to that when people may say he's not real, when they may say that's not the right way, you will always be able to go back to something you can't deny, to something that's not man-made. You can't deny an experience. I'm here today not because I have it all figured out, but because I found a place in my life where I couldn't go anywhere else. I found a place in my life where I was addicted to drugs. I was tormented and, and, and addicted to all kind of mess. Nobody, nothing could get me out of the mess that I was in, but God, he didn't wait for me to get my life right, by the way. He didn't wait for me to pray an hour a day. But in the midst of my mess, he reached down in my life and he began to talk to this little sinner boy who had nothing right in his life. He began to talk to me and to deal with my heart and to lead me when nobody else would. And he gave me an experience I'll never forget for the rest of my life. One day I was addicted to drugs. The next day it was all gone. Philosophers can tell you this and they can argue about that, but I'm here to tell you, we serve a God that I know for a fact is a deliverer. I've experienced deliverance. I've experienced hope in situations where there was no hope. You want to know why the world is leaving organizations and religions? Because there's nothing there. I'm going to tell you, I get bored with church. I probably... I got to be careful about I get bored with church I'm talking about religious dead church when you come and you go through the motions and you leave the same way God's not in any of that mess that's not the, the, the idea that God has that's not his desire but millennials are leaving the churches left and right because they're going into buildings they have good music and they've got good lights and they've got all this looking good, but they go addicted to drugs and addicted to issues in their life. Lonely, battling suicide. And they come into a place where a man's opinion is God can deliver you. And they leave feeling the same way that they came in. That's not the will of God. And I'm here to tell you what the way that God set it all up, the thing that he started it off with was an experience that changes us. He said, what do we need to do, church? They said, what must we do? How can we fix this? He said, repent. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell you, with all three of those things, there's an experience that you can't deny. You'll never look the same. You'll never act the same. You won't feel the same. I've never met anybody that truly got the Holy Ghost that left and said, well, I feel the same way I felt before. People can argue different things, but when you've got the Holy Ghost, nobody can tell you it's not real. When God has shown up in your life and he takes care of you and he does things for you that nobody else can do, nobody can say it didn't happen. That's the God that we serve. Everything that he's done is built upon experiences. I like what the blind man at the gate had to say in John 9 and 25. You see, the Pharisees, they had it all figured out. They were so carnally, spiritually minded, 
if that's even a word. Fasting is made to kill your flesh. But they had manipulated it to the point it was feeding flesh. When they would fast, they would do it publicly. Oh, I'm fasting. And you need to know that I'm spiritual because I'm fasting. I've been fasting for four days. So I'm up here now. I'm super spiritual. That's how they fasted. They would do it in a manner where they would look so hungry and they would do it publicly. And it was feeding their flesh, their carnality. When the whole purpose of fasting is to kill your flesh. That's why we're not supposed to tell everybody we're fasting when we fast. Amen? So they had this, this thing all figured out and they were all carnal and they, they had issues and Jesus came about and began to heal people, you know, giving people experiences that they couldn't deny. People that didn't deserve it. He was healing and delivering and doing great things. And it was shining light on how dead these Pharisees were. And they were losing control over it. They were losing followers because people quit following after them. They began to follow after Jesus because of the experiences that they were receiving. This man was healed. He was born blind, and he was healed. And they didn't like that. So they came to this man, and now they're questioning this man, and they're, 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 they're being bullies towards this man and his family. To the point the parents were like, I don't want to get involved in this. You just ask him. And I love what he said because it sums up everything. He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or not, I know not. But one thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. I don't really, I'm not here to argue your opinion and your ideas. All I can tell you is what I experienced. I met a man that didn't know me, or I at least didn't know him. And I was born blind, and I didn't deserve it. But for some reason, he found favor in me. And now I am not blind anymore. I can see. And I'm going to tell you, one of the greatest things you have, church, is your testimony. Because your testimony is what people need to hear. It builds faith in people that are faithless. It builds hope in people that are hopeless. Because in this community, in this city alone, there are thousands of people that have problems in life. They're going through divorce. They're going through all kinds of issues. And they need to hear from somebody that's experienced something from God. And so that they know that there is truly a God. That can bring them out of what they're in. The suicide rate is out the door these days. It is through the roof. One of the main reasons people commit suicide is because they're hopeless. What better? What a better what, what, what better way is there for us to bring God to this world than by spreading hope to the hopeless? We, we are the church, and the church is the cure for the things that people are going through in this world. Let's stand today. Let's all close our eyes for a minute. Come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. 
You can't deny an experience, church. Come on. God has given you experiences that he needs you to get out out of this church and into this community and begin to get beyond yourself, get beyond your comfort zone, reach beyond your fears and your own failures. It ain't about you. It's about the lost. God's got more. God can do more with somebody that's not able, but's willing. It's not about are you able to do anything. It's all you, are we willing to do it? Come on, this community needs, this church, this community needs people that get out of their comfort. Our comfort zones rob us. Our comfort zone is the biggest thing, I believe, that keeps us from doing the will of God. Well, what if they don't accept it? Who cares? Is God any less if they don't accept it? Are you any less in the eyes of God if they don't accept it? You see, Peter had that kind of problem before God opened his eyes to the understanding. Before he was afraid of what everybody else thought. He had his little comfort zone. Matter of fact, when Jesus was crucified and he thought he was gone forever, he went back to what he was comfortable with and that was fishing. But once God opened his understanding into who he was and who he was in the eyes of God, Nothing stopped him from proclaiming the truth, the gospel, and the goodness of Jesus Christ. I'm here to talk to this church for right now. You are a soul winning church. God has got you here for a reason, for this season, for this time, for this city. Stop letting your comfort zone and your own insecurities stop you. From getting into your family, to your workplace, to your communities, the tears are falling. Holy Ghost is moving in here right now. If God did it for you, He's going to do it for them. And He's no respecter of persons. My Lord, He talked to me when I was addicted to drugs. One night I was running from my calling, drunk, sitting outside of a party. Running from God. I've been running from God for over a year. The thing I realize about my calling is you can't outrun God and you can't get drunk enough to get the calling out of your heart. God talked to me one day. I sat on, I left the party, sat on a curb, frustrated and mad at God. I said, God, why can't you just leave me alone? And this is what my God said to me. He said, son, this is not what I've called you to do. And I begin to weep. I begin to cry. This little drunk boy began to feel the presence of God. God sobered me up instantly. And I felt the presence of God. See, that messes with some of your minds. Because God doesn't want anything to do with a sinner. I'm here to tell you. God wants everything to do with a sinner. That's why he came to this earth. That's why he put flesh upon his spirit. And that's why he died. And there are people in this community that are hurting, that are hungry. They're a part of broken homes. They're a part of messes that our minds can't even fathom. There are little children. They have to go through things that our mind can't even comprehend. And what they need, they need a man. They need a woman that will step beyond their comfort zone and find the opportunity that God lays before them. And just simply tell them, hey, I know a God that loves you. I know a God that cares for you.
Matter of fact, let me just tell you what I've experienced in my life. Let me just tell you what I've gone through and where he's taken me out of, where he's brought me from. Because you can't deny an experience. And when these people realized who they crucified, they opened their hearts and they did what was right. And they ask, what do we got to do? What, what, what are our options? What, do we, what must we do? And he told them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you've ever received the Holy Ghost, raise your hand. If you've ever been baptized in Jesus' name, raise your hand. I'm sure we've all repented in here. You can vouch with me that there's an experience. See, repentance isn't feeling sorry, by the way. You know, repentance is actually surrendering. True repentance is surrendering. True repentance is finally just saying, not my will, but thy will. God, I'm tired of trying to do it my way. Now, I don't have it all figured out. You know, True repentance, there's always an element of trust. And sometimes it can be scary to trust a God that you may not even really know yet. Baptism in Jesus' name is so important. It's so crucial, isn't it? See, the importance of Jesus' name baptism is understanding that God robed himself in flesh and he died. On Calvary for us. The Bible says greater love has, that has no man than this. That he would lay down his life for a friend. The greatest love is sacrificial love. That's a oneness scripture church. God didn't send his son as somebody completely different. Because then God wouldn't totally be love. Think about that. But God robed himself in flesh. And he died for his creation. Everybody say us. And that's why we are baptized in Jesus' name. That's the importance. Because there's a revelation of love. Provision. When you realize that he did that for us. And then we know the experience of being born again. Being baptized. Being filled with the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like it. It changes who you are. Because now the Spirit of God lives inside of you. When I got the Holy Ghost for the first time, I was at youth camp or children's camp. I wasn't living for God even at that young age. I wanted to go cause trouble after children's camp. But I went to the altar and I got the Holy Ghost. After I got the Holy Ghost, I felt so pure and full of joy. It was amazing. Matter of fact, my buddies came up to me after church. They said, Andy, are you ready? Let's go cause some trouble. I felt so convicted. Now, we weren't going to rob a bank. We were like eight-year-old kids. But I felt so convicted. Who I was completely changed in that instant. And it was that experience that when people would come to me and they would try to challenge me and say, well, the Holy Ghost isn't real. When they would try to say God isn't real. When they try to say God doesn't love you. God's given up on you. 
I would always go back to that experience. And it was that experience that held me, held me tight that I would hold on to. That I would understand that my God is real and that he loves me and that he's living inside of me. Talk about experiences. It's experiences. Why don't we raise our hands? Let's begin to open our hearts to God. Hallelujah. There's many of us in here. God's wanting us to spread our experiences to this world. There's people in your community. There's people in your families that you need to step out of your comfort zone and you need to reach out and you need to begin to witness to them and love on them. Love on them. Share it with love. You've got to share it with love. And there's some of us in here that God's wanting you to experience it for yourself today. You are where you are, but God's saying, get out of your comfort zone. Just trust in me just a little bit more. Put your faith in me. Just trust in me because I love you and I'm here for you. God wants you to experience the Holy Ghost. He wants you to experience things from Him like you've never experienced before. Some of you may be addicted to things. Some of you may have issues in your life. God wants you to experience deliverance for the first time. There's nothing too hard for God. There's nothing too strong for God. Hallelujah. These altars are open. Why don't we step out? Why don't we come to the front? Why don't we begin to open our hearts? Let's just let God do whatever it is that He wants to do today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, you're faithful. You can't deny an experience. Come on. This world needs to experience what you've already experienced. Hallelujah. There's some things in here that God's wanting you to experience today. You know who you are. Come on. Just open yourself up. Make the right decision. Oh, God, what must I do? God, I'm willing to do whatever it is I need to do. Whatever it is, no matter how uncomfortable I may feel, no matter how uncomfortable I may feel in my comfort zone, God, whatever it is, I've got to do it today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, what must I do today? God, I want to do your will. I want your will in my life. I want to experience more things of you. I want to experience your goodness. I want to experience your greatness, Lord. Your provision. Oh, your love like I've never felt before. God, I want, to experience, I want to know what it feels like to witness to somebody and for them to come to church and get the Holy Ghost. Oh, Jesus. I want to feel that boldness that you give us when you anoint us to speak to somebody. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's it. Come on. Open your hearts right now. Open your hearts right now.